February 24th, 2015, and with pitchers and catchers reporting this week for teams all around the league, baseball season is right around the corner. I thought it would be a good idea to take a look at the different divisions. We, of course, had the NL West a couple of weeks back. Um, Now we're going to switch leagues, switch divisions, and talk about the AL West with one of my good friends and the biggest Mariners fan I know, Josh Penboris. Josh, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. So you're a Mariners fan, which is not something you see very often in this region of the world. No, it's very sad, actually. Why don't you talk about your Mariners fandom a little bit? What happened to Um, you? I actually, so I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and then I lucked out on moving to Seattle in 95. Actually, I believe we moved it end of 94, so the season was over. And so the first full Mariners season while I was there was the 95 season, which was magical. Mm -hmm. Take uh, us back. Paint the picture for us. What's man, going I, on in 95? Okay, 95. So <laughs> 95 was after, I think, I, if I remember correctly, this is all, it's all a haze of youth. Uh, I think the 94 season, the Mariners were actually not bad, and they were looking to actually be kind of good. And then mm-hmm. the strike happened, and it's like, oh, well, then That's nothing it. happens. Yeah. And in 95, if I remember correctly, Mariners were doing okay, not great. And then the Angels had an epic collapse at the end of the season, Mariners surged ahead. They tied, went to game 163, mm-hmm. which the Mariners won. Yeah. And went to the wild card. Or, uh, wild, yeah, no, they got would've... the West. They got the West. Oh, okay. They won the West. They won the division that way. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and they played the Yankees, mm-hmm. and that is where we have the double, which is may- probably the, the most famous uh, play in Mariners history. Uh, there was it was just an incredible series, and that's that that basically is what catapulted me into Mariners fandom is is like being in a city and like mm-hmm. I, was, I was nine or ten, yeah, and uh, and I always liked baseball, but never really had a team being in in Omaha, and so it just kind of like fell in my lap. I was like, okay, Let's okay, that's this. it, that's yeah. it, and then uh, and then Cleveland broke my heart. So I, I in in one year found baseball fandom and found uh, sports broken heart. Uh, yeah. At the, you know, it's kind just, of a microcosm a little... of everything since then. It's yeah, oh, like, exactly. You know, yeah, just, that's that's a Seattle story right there. Just great ups and downs. Just you had it all in one year, though. Yeah, and then you worked at Safeco for a while too. Yeah, right? well, I worked at I let's see, the Kingdom closed in '99, and I uh, my brother and my sister worked at the Kingdom. My brother spun cotton candy, and my sister made like snow cones and lemonade. And uh, they tried to get me a job there, and the boss was like, "Oh, how old are you?" And my parent or uh, my brother was like, "Oh, he's 14." They're like, "Ah, oh, that's too young. We can't do it." And literally, like a month later, he goes, "Hey, my brother needs a job. You want to hire him?" Like, "Oh, how old is he?" He's like, "Oh, he's 16." <laughs> like, "Oh, yeah, sure." <laughs> so, so they hired me. Yeah. Uh, and it was awesome. I was the only one out of all my friends at a job, and so I was there at the Kingdom for the Kingdom closing. And then uh, I hated the job because I was making like snow cones in a back room for like six hours. Um, and then we moved to Safeco Field. And uh, my boss was distracted, and I said, hey, I want to be a vendor now. And those are the guys who go up and down the aisles with stands, He's, or uh, up and down the aisles with food. Mm-hmm. And he was distracted, and he goes, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. So I got a promotion, <laughs> and I was like a 14-year-old kid wandering around, and people all the time were like, how old are you? Yeah, that's borderline illegal. Yeah, oh, it was. Yeah, no, not was. borderline, I guess. Yeah, it yeah. Uh, but it was amazing. So, uh, so I got to be there. So 99 was really when... Because uh, they won the, the playoffs in 95, 97, and 01. I think, well, 01 was the big, I mean, 99 yeah. was when they started, 99 was, uh, I think, uh, last Griffey years was one of those years, I think 99, mm-hmm. 
and, and then A-Rod left, and so it was kind of like this like depressing thing, and then 2001, like Ichiro came, yeah. 2001 happened, 2001 was incredible to work at, because um, you had the All-Star game, you had the playoffs, you had Ichiro, you had, you know, 116 wins, uh, and then since then, it's just been uh, just, just a just nosedive. Just a slow nosedive. Just, uh... And just slight blips back up. Yeah. I mean, Griffey, coming, Griffey coming back was kind of cool. 2009 and... was a great year. Like, that was when uh, Felix really started coming to his own. Mm-hmm. And Griffey came back. Like, that season ended with, like, uh... Didn't they lift him I mean, on his e- shoulders Ichiro, or something? Yeah, yeah Ichiro yeah. and some other guys, like, lifted Griffey mm-hmm. on their shoulders. And everyone... Like, I was, I was at that game, and just everyone was like, Oh, this is it. This is a new era. Yeah. And in 2010... We got Cliff Lee, and everyone was like, yes, this is it. <laughs> and we lost uh, 101 games. Oh, gosh. And just, just Cliff Lee didn't even finish out the season. Just complete deflate. I, I mean, I, yeah. left, I left the city after that. Yeah. I came, I came to L.A., depressed. and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Can't too do much. this. Well, here you are now. Yeah. You're talking on a podcast about the Mariners and the American League That's West. right. And I'm excited again. I know. This is a year. We'll get to them in a, in a few minutes. This yes. is a uh, this is could be a year of optimism. I think for That's right. for the Mariners. So, um, so you've listened to the show. Yes, you pretty much know how it works. I think so. We just I talked so. about teams. Sounds a little complicated, but I, I think we can. I think okay. we can manage. Now, one of the things that we didn't actually get to in the National League podcast was we want to try to bring in this idea of wins above replacement, um, and it's sort of this new way of thinking new way of looking at um values of players outside of the typical batting average home runs runs batted in it's sort of a cumulative number uh that is just a way to to value different players against their positions and level the playing field as a way to you know figure out who's good and figure out who is not good yeah. Um, there's a lot of statistical components to it. We'll try to save those from you, but just suffice it to say, the higher the war, the better. Yeah. It's kind of the easy way to, to sort of think about it. Um, if you want to go more in-depth, baseballreference.com has a lot of great stuff. Fangraphs has a lot of great stuff as well. Um, if you want to, to really know and dig deeper into that, but... Just yeah. know that we will have some references to that throughout it, and so we don't want you to get lost in that. Um, but it, it certainly won't be – we won't lean on that statistical uh, – we won't lean on that statistic heavily. Yeah. I, I love war just because it's a, it's a, a good catch-all. It, it, it takes into uh, account what position the person plays, the kind of defense they play. Uh, it tries to strip out luck as much as possible, which is a big thing for pitchers. So it – you know, it's all the components that go into it are more complicated than I've been able to wrap my head around. But WAR is very easy, and it's it's great for comparing players across uh, generations. Mm-hmm. You know, for the dead ball era and things like that. So you can kind of it. it, it you know, it, the, all the people who use WAR, uh, I think, will be the first to admit it's not perfect. Obviously, but it's a great way to instead of you know having a list all their their home runs, their RBIs, yeah. their average, because, you know, because all those things, you could just get one number. Yeah, and because a lot of those statistics are heavily reliant on other players. It mm-hmm. maybe doesn't exactly. it maybe doesn't give a, a true value of what your value is to the team. It's more reliant on other factors. I mean, yeah. guys getting on base, guys getting into scoring positions, so many exactly. different things. You may you're still getting the hit, but there's so many other factors that go into play. If you're that. the number four hitter, you're going to get RBIs. Like, yeah. that's it. You're just going to you're st- you're just going to get Doesn't more bats throughout you're the you're season. Gonna get, it's yeah. just yeah. So it's a way to to level the playing field, even things out a little bit. Um, so don't be afraid of the scary numbers. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. It'll be perfect. Yeah. 
you had an idea of how you wanted to get this I did. started, didn't I did. you? I had I had two two ideas. One okay. one little quick thing, and just just to throw it out there. Yeah. Listen to your NL West thing. Okay. Uh, and I just wanted to play a little bit of devil's advocate. Please, uh, please do. I think the kids today call it devil's advocate. I think. I haven't heard that, but okay, okay I'll, I'll take it. it. Yeah, All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. take it. Maybe I'm just uh, not as up on it as I thought I was. I'm just gonna throw this out there, but I want to throw my hat in the ring. I think that you cannot be a dynasty if in one of those seasons you were below 500. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Which season? You're uh, the Giants 2013 season. You oh, you mean in between? Okay, yeah, you didn't between. mean in the World yeah. Series runs that, that like in yeah. those years so, they. Okay, I think they were a great team and they won three World Series. Yeah, but personally, I would not put Dynasty out if you if you finish in there. Okay. So you're say you guys go to another one, uh-huh. then I'm totally fine with getting there. But just that that that, that one that 2013 season, season that okay. kind of, and also. Another, you know, and also 2011, you didn't go to the playoffs. You're a good team, True. but you didn't go to the playoffs, True. right? But Buster Posey got his knee exploded that year, too. That, I mean, and they. Well, I, I like how that could be a limited thing, but that probably is a pretty important <laughs> it is. aspect for that. Well, yeah. it is, but it also, and it, it led to the rule change. The yeah, they had the collisions. So that season was such a frustrating season because yeah, the pitching yeah. was probably as good as it was the year before, mm-hmm. but. They with Posey going down, they pretty much See, that lost the most. That one of their, I would forgive, right? That one yeah, I would oh yeah. Forgive. But I mean, they still. If the second wild card were around in 2011, they would have won the second yeah. wild card. So they would yeah. have still gone to the playoffs technically. But um, that's a that's a valid criticism. I uh, I would disagree. But that's totally because fine. there just... is a lot, there was a lot of injury and there was a lot of luck that happened mm. in 2013. We try to cancel all that out. And what have you done for me lately? Just... Just win one more, and then and then I'll let then I'll let you I'm, have I'm it. fine with it. Okay, but maybe not until the Mariners win one more. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, let's yeah. be fair. Let's let's, let's spread it out, out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was so your other idea? Okay, so here, so here's a little here's a little game. Okay, here's a little game. Just, uh, just we love a, just a would you rather game. All right. Okay. So we'll start with some things uh, might not be as tough, um, and then uh, just just you know just kind of I think this will kind of take a temperature on the whole AL West and just kind of be fun kind of comparison team. So, okay. Uh, this is not considering contracts, not considering anything, just this year. If you were drafting a team, okay, would you want Pujols or Beltre? Beltre. Okay. I think. That's yeah. probably where I would go to. Yeah. I think Next. He, I think his... Yeah, go oh, on. No, no, go no, no. You can... Well, no, I, I, I... And we'll get to it again when we go through the, the different teams, but not considering contract, I like just where Beltre's game is at. Yeah. And I like his game is seems really suited to the ballpark that he's in. Yeah. My my one worry about Beltre uh, is just that def- defense is such a big thing, and he's getting there up in the years. Mm-hmm. But I still, you know, I think Pujols has really bounced back after that yeah. that kind of lost year of his. But agree. Okay. Uh, next, Hamilton or Fielder? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I think Fielder because I think that he'll end up playing more games than Hamilton in the end. I think, uh, you know, there's a yeah, that's that's a really tough one. Without considering contract, I probably still would take Fielder though, but it's close. It's yeah. See, it's tough because Fielder lost all last year with the or most last year with the mm-hmm. injury, uh, but seems to be from what everyone's saying is back. Yeah, Hamilton, and that was his first season that he's really had yeah. where he's missed yeah. a lot of time. He'd been pretty durable up until that point, but yeah, you know, Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton. Just the recent word is that he might not be ready 
uh, he's at least not ready for spring training, and or, uh, I think might not be ready for the start of the season. And I don't know where he's going to play, really. I mean, again, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but, yeah. I mean, the, the Angels are, are got it pretty set in the outfield, I think. So, um, uh, Jose Altuve or Brett Lowry? I would say Altuve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that because of injury history with Lowry. Yeah. Altuve has been a little bit more consistent, and I think that Altuve is a on-base machine. Yeah. And that and that's the thing. The one the so the reason why I, why I picked that one mm-hmm. is because I think Altuve is a known quantity at this point. Yeah, like I think, but I, I don't think he's going to get better. I think that he. You think last year's kind of the, the peak? Yeah, you think that's his, I think that, that, that's player. his ceiling. Maybe that's that's my guess. Because um, I think he was worth five WAR. Let's mm-hmm. just throw that. Okay, throw that all right. The first uh, first mention. And uh, and so he so he's a great player. But I, I just feel like, in kind of looking at it, like, where does, where does he improve? Mm-hmm. Whereas Lowry, uh, you're right, injury bug definitely could be a risk, but has just, just has the tools, has the capabilities. Even, I, I, I have it, we'll get into it more, but uh, in, like, the limited games he played last year, put up some good numbers. Yeah. And so he's a lot more of a potential guy. Yeah. So I probably still would go Altuve, but I... This we'll is see what happens really, this year. Where I'm really tempted. Yeah, this could be a make or break year where we where that flips if Lowry stays healthy and reaches his potential. Really, mm-hmm. so exactly. Yeah, so we could see a flip in that. If you ask me about that next year, possibly. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. All right. Okay. What else? What so else? here's three three quick fun ones. All right. First one, Mike Trout or Cano and Seager. Mike Trout. Really? I still would really? go Mike Trout. Yeah, because if we're just drafting a team. Right, but you would get both of those oh, guys as one draft pick. Uh, get- okay, but I'm still gonna I'm still gonna potentially get similar value sure. somewhere else. I still would go Trout, oh. you know, because he's the best. Pl- I mean, he's the best player. In the See, I, I when I put my Trout, I was like, what? How do you balance that? And that's so sad. Like as a Mariners fan, I would take Cano and Seager because with Trout. One, one, you're spreading across. They're both amazing players. So mm-hmm. you're spreading your, you're getting two great players. Which conceivably, if you were drafting with a whole bunch of people, they could get split out. Yeah. Uh, but but Trout, Trout's amazing, and we'll get mm-hmm. more into Trout later. Yeah. Uh, but he did dra- he he did do worse this last year. <laughs> okay, he's he relative. Was, he was to... only the best player by a little bit, yeah. rather than by a uh, ton. Uh, huge canyon. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Next, Shinsuchu. Or Jesus Montero. Hmm. Now, based on what I've been reading mm-hmm. about new superhuman Jesus Montero, yeah, I might lean that direction just based on his past being that you know. I mean, he he was in this huge trade for yep. Michael Pineda, and he had all this uh, this talent and what, and you know, he was a, he was a great prospect and everything like that. I mean, if you're if you're saying I'm taking Chu now, right? Yeah. yeah it's I not might, this season. I might take Montero. I know it's weird, like it's really weird. I was trying to figure out. I saw yeah. those pictures of Montero, and he, he looks, looks so good. good. I mean, yeah. it, 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 all all the articles you know, I've been reading a lot of the Mariners beat writers talking about it, and it's just there's there's a weird kind of like a lot of them just have all talk about. Um, not just the weight thing. Like, the weight thing, obviously, is the thing you get the pictures of and you yeah. see that. But it's all an ad. Like, they all maturity. talk about the attitude thing. Okay. And maturity. Yeah. You know, he had a kid that he now is talking about. Like, that kind of, like, shifted his outlook on life. That he wants to, like, do do well by his daughter. Yeah. You know, the whole ice cream sandwich yeah, incident. Is, is, that, is that, is that going to stop now? Uh, is, is, do you think now that the daughter's 
in the picture. <laughs> he's, he's he's not going to throw ice cream sandwiches. I mean, he he actually, uh, if I if I read it correctly, I think he had like a press conference where he like apologized for it mm. or or i think maybe just to beat reporters you know like address that whole thing and like talked about how it was like a low point in his career he apologized to the scout he apologized mm-hmm. for the whole situation so it's like he's he's making all the right steps right now yeah. obviously we need to get to, to real games and real play yeah. but it's like choose kind of scary with with he's how... trending in the wrong direction really yeah Based on his numbers from the pre- from the previous couple of years, yeah. he's definitely he had that, trending He had downward. a great year with the Reds, and then just... Yeah. I mean, he knew exactly when to have that perfect yeah. Yeah. season right before his contract was up, but... Yeah. Um, so, he, I mean, he still could... He wasn't... He was an OBP machine. Mm-hmm. He still could bring it back, but it's just like... You, you just kind of see some of those things at... Uh, I have written down somewhere. I think he's 33... 31 or 33. Yeah, because he didn't... He was an older rookie. He's 33. Out of Korea, so yeah. he's not. I mean, he's, he's had so... six or seven years, but he's getting a later start than some of the yeah. other players. But at least he's at least Montero is not Miguel Olivo and yeah. biting oh, off good. ears. Oh, so I guess we can just take solace in that fact, really. Yeah. Um, do you have a last one? Yeah, you one more. more. All right, this is a fun one. Um, all right. Well, they've all been fun. Uh, Willie Bloomquist or Eric Sogard? <laughs> okay. Uh, Eric Sogard because he's apparently the face of MLB. Really? Yeah, wasn't he? They voted it last year. I'm pretty sure they did the whole and the like <laughs> that's, the, that's the A's cruel. viral Twitter the, the their Twitter campaign went completely viral with wanting him to be voted the face of MLB. I didn't with know those that. Glasses that's... and everything like that. Yeah, it was great. What, what do you do as that play? Like, you're like because you look at it, you're thanks. like, thanks. You gotta know deep down that's a joke. Yeah, like, well, I, th- I I think you can look at it as it's a joke, or that the fans are really getting behind you for that's true. something like that's that, true. You know, and that's he seems like a, a genuinely lovely person. He certainly does. He's a but, decent uh, baseball player. Willie Bloomquist, though, eh, I remember him on grit. that. I got grit. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I love those. I love those things that you can measure, like grit. Yeah. Um, so with all those fun and games out of the way, let's get down to some business. Alrighty. I think we should talk about some of these teams that are going to make up the division. I actually think this is a really fascinating division. Yeah. And I think that there is a lot of talent in it, and it's not as top-heavy as other divisions. Mm-hmm. That's not to say I, I can see the last-place team taking over the first-place team, but I think that there's going to be a very even competitive balance throughout yeah. all five. Which is a bummer. Finally, the year yeah. that the uh, that the Mariners are. Well, but they're to part be... of it, though. They're, That's the they thing. Are. They so... are, but you know, you don't have you don't have. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But you don't have uh, probably don't have the Astros to kick around anymore. I think we. I think mm-hmm. that door is closed, and uh, we're gonna have to see if the Rangers can recover enough to not be the the poor the laughing um... stock. They were the third worst team last year. Yeah. Well, we're gonna go Man. through them. We want to just kind of talk about the different teams. We're gonna go from order finish last year from top to bottom. Um, so we're gonna get into the Angels first. The or sorry, excuse me, the Los Angeles Los Angels of Anaheim. Of Anaheim. Uh, they finished ninety eight and sixty four last year. Yeah. Which seems really unbelievable that that happened especially with their what is it I, uh their 2013 they were 78 and 83 yeah they scored we know that's not right there i think there must have been 78 and 84 i think i'm okay well you missed you <laughs> that, missed a that, loss that, in there that, that, that maybe they work. had a rain out maybe yeah. they had a rain out you never know but um they did lose in the alds to the eventual al champion royals they were actually swept by them, and I think uh, a surprise to some, not to this broadcaster, who picked the Royals to beat them. So Vegas has them at 91.5 wins. They're over-under. 
Well, yeah, it's around uh, the 88 to 90, yeah. we'll say. Yeah. But um, Pakoda has them at 90 and 72. Now, Pakoda is a uh, organization, I guess, that organizes the different teams, takes into account all their offseason moves, and tries to play out the season and factor in what their record is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have them... Running a whole bunch of simulations. Oh, yeah. Over and over and over Thousands again. Thousands of yeah. simulations. And uh, eventually landing on them being at 90 and 72... In the off season, they they their biggest move, I guess, would be dealing Howie Kendrick just uh, up the five freeway to the Dodgers. From... Yeah, it's it's interesting to have a, a biggest move being a subtraction. Yeah, I mean they added they they, they got Andrew Heaney for it, a left handed uh, pitcher that the Dodgers got the day before practically in the D Gordon trade. He yeah. was the number one prospect for the uh, Mariners or for the Marlins, I should say. Um, he's kind of, and I think Heaney is going to just fill in that left-handed starter role. Since I don't know. CJ Wilson is pretty much dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tyler Skaggs is out for all eternity. So I think Heaney's going to come in and be that left-handed starter that they're going to need. I yeah, I don't know. I I mean that's a big that's a big jump because Heaney before had uh, I think he had 30 about like about 30 MLB innings. Uh, that he did for the the Marlins last year, and before that he only spent 80 innings in AAA. So they they really promoted him quickly, mm-hmm. and then he didn't perform very well. Uh, he was worth negative WAR, negative point three. But yeah, when you're only pitching 30 MLB yeah, innings, it's not much. Yeah, yeah, it's small sample size, but but still he didn't he didn't really quit himself that well. Um, I, I I I mean everything I've heard about him is that he will be a great pitcher down the line. But I think it's really tough to bring in a guy who even you know doesn't even have a hundred innings pitched in AAA yeah. and say, "Hey, we went to the playoffs last year. You're going to be you're going to be in there now. Yeah, you're going to." But be. they've done that before, though. They have much to the chagrin of Mariners fans and fans all throughout the division. Just <sighs> one amazing rookie goes down, and Garrett Richards. They just plug in another rookie, Matt Shoemaker, and he like performs a, like admirably. A, 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 a long, not not journeyman, because I think. He, uh, it's not like he really hopped around clubs. He was just an, uh, an, an, a minor leagues guy yeah. for years. I think he's like 28, 29, something like that. Last year, what did he go? Uh, 16 and 4 with a 3.04 ERA. Yeah. That's pretty impressive for a yeah. journeyman guy. Now, I guess that's the idea would be hey, let's do that again. Let's yeah. try to catch lightning in a bottle again. But it seems like if they can't do it with Shoemaker, they may be able to do it with Heaney. Their depth chart on the uh through the on the angels website has him as the fifth starter right now you know i mean i who knows if that's really the case because there's you know the fifth starter battle is something that every team goes through throughout the spring training and yeah and you know going into the year so it's possible this may you know hector santiago's in there nick tropiano all these guys yeah you know hector santiago didn't uh wasn't great last year no, and that's because I mean that's who Richards was taking the place of, basically. Yeah. So, um, I mean, really, really, last year it was it was it was the Richards game. It was such a bummer, you know, it, it, even as a Mariners fan to see someone, you know, that promising and talented just like blow out a knee, right? Right, and that obviously other things were involved with them losing out to the uh, the Royals. But you know, you kind of wonder like if you had if they had he was just gangbusters for them, and if you had that guy really anchoring that top of the rotation in the playoffs. You, know, you at least think maybe they wouldn't have been swept. Yeah, you know and that's yeah. that's a feather in your cap. Yeah, I mean, and uh, 
Let's see what else. Oh, they traded uh, Kevin Jepsen, who had a 1.3 WAR last year, to get Matt Joyce as I think Josh Hamilton insurance from Tampa yeah. Bay. Another... Which is interesting because they they had an atrocious bullpen last year to start the year, uh, and then they pulled in a whole bunch of guys and really built that bullpen up. Yeah, so it's guys interesting. Like Jason Grilly and these sort of one-off guys that are yeah, not with the and, team anymore, but they really tried to get them pushed to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, which really helped them. I mean, they, they really uh, reworked it in the second half, and so it's interesting to see them now, you know, when they've, when they've seen that collapse so so recently, for them to give away one of their one Top of their good bullpen guys, bullpen guys yeah. is, is an interesting uh, decision, but I, I think you're correct that Hamilton probably plays a big a big role in that. Or him not playing, I guess, yeah. plays, plays a big role. Houston Street is still an elite closer for some reason. I don't know. He's been that I, way for I a really so long time. I feel it's so weird because I thought I thought that he tailed off like years ago. And yeah. all of a sudden he popped I think No, he, he just in, pitched in San Diego. See, they're yeah. Same thing. <laughs> That's the thing. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, he was off my radar completely until Angels picked him up. And I was like, yeah. oh, whatever. They picked him up, you know. Who who cares? And then, and then he did great. He and tore he it up. Like, he blew, it, blew like two saves. It was that whole... Yeah, that whole bullpen rebuilding on the fly, which yeah. was which was crazy. He's one of the only ones that actually stuck around. It seems like that they that they decided to hold on to. Yeah, um, I think pitching is kind of the, is going to be the key in how they shuffle the rotation mm-hmm. and how they stack it up and the injuries and who comes back and does Richards come back as well as he did. Yeah, in the year he, right now they're saying because uh, it's supposed to be six to nine month rehab and and they're saying it could be just the straight six. Which Cause is he, yeah, because he he is doing light throwing now. Yeah, but it, yeah, they're in month six right now, basically. Yeah, so month nine would be a month or two into the season. Yeah, so he's he's aiming for opening day start. Well, which which would be hey, crazy if you're young. I guess you could do that. Yeah. But um, their offense, they finished number one in the American League in runs. They were uh, top ten in batting average, on base, slugging. They have Mike Trout. He's the best player in baseball. He's at only a 7.9 war last year. Yeah. <laughs> only. I, I just have to say that that, uh, it, you know, I think we, we joked about it a little bit earlier, but how incredible it is that he had a down year and still was the best player in baseball and got MVP. Yeah. Like he had his first, his rookie year, he was worth 10 war, which is like that you, you don't see that. Barry Bonds put up, uh, you know, wars in, in the 10, 11, 12 range. But it's like I don't even I don't know if Pujols ever put up ten. I know he's never as good because because Mike Trout he is the whole package. He can yeah. steal and bases. And, and it's the center field that. really yeah. helped. Yeah, and the bases. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and uh and like as as so in his sophomore year he improved and had a ten point five WAR. Yeah. He had a a, a four thirty two OBP. Unbelievable. As a, as like a twenty two year old. Yeah. That's incredible. Baseball is not that easy. If you no. watch him play, it's not that easy. Yeah. Um, so but, he had his down year of, of and that's the point. year he finally won the MVP because yeah. Miguel Cabrera fell off a cliff. But one guy I thought was really interesting. He's going to start the season and right was Cole Calhoun, another guy completely kind of out of nowhere. I know had a decent and, minor league career. Yeah, out of Arizona State, but I don't think that they thought he was going to score ninety runs like he did last year. No, and that and again that's frustrating. Uh, that's frustrating <laughs> because. You know, uh, the last three, four, five years, kind of the whole um, thing that's been trumpeted is that their uh, their minor leagues are in shambles. Like it's all about you know signing big guys and losing draft picks. Uh, they had some draft picks bust. Um, you know, they uh, they lost Nick Aidenhart. You know, they yeah. they had a lot of things with their rookies or their minor. You know, 
you look at it and you go, if they didn't have Mike Trout, like where would their where would their farm system be? Yeah. yeah. And so and then uh, and so to hear these things and, and be like, oh yeah, they're you know they're bottom five farm system, and then they get a guy like Cole, How- Cole Calhoun just pop up. Yeah. You're like, oh great, oh, okay, so you got Garrett Richards and Cole Calhoun <laughs> yeah, just, right. just showing up. <laughs> yeah. Four hundred uh, on base in the minors over. You know, he hit three twenty, but ninety runs last season. That's I, a, that's pretty impressive. I think he is what. Uh, Mariners fans always wanted Michael Saunders to be okay, um, so it's ec- it's extra painful yeah. to see that kind of uh, that spunkiness. Yeah. Well, he's on the page. I'm looking at the Angels website, and he is the player that's prominently featured, sort of on the right hand tab side. So mm. I guess he's a fan favorite, and he looks. I, like yeah, it, I don't know any Angels fans. We live in Los Angeles, and I know zero Angel. Yeah, fans it's all here. Dodgers fans. Yeah, granted, I, it's a little bit south, but I, mean, I know I know more Mariners fans down here than I know Angel, <laughs> Angel fans. fans. So yeah. nothing against you, Angel fans. We love you, but um, I think one thing, and just we'll wrap them up pretty quick. But mm. they're they were the best defensive team in the American League, and Kendrick and Ibar. Really? Yeah, they were. They had the highest fielding percentage. That. Yeah. Um, and they tra- and Kendrick and and Ibar were a great combo kind of yeah. up the middle. We always talk about you got to be strong up the middle. You got to have yeah. a great catcher, middle infield, and center fielder. And trading Kendrick and I, I just a, don't fully get that move. I don't either. And I mean, because the the thing that they replaced him with Josh Rutledge, Grant yeah, Green, Grant Green. I mean, who are the? I mean, I, I know we know who Josh Rutledge is, but yeah. this is who you're going to again. This was a team that won 98 games last year, and yeah. they're relying on Josh Rutledge to yeah. get them back. So, that again? so maybe you're right. Maybe maybe they really are fully intending on slotting Heaney in. I mean, maybe they'll keep him down a little bit for service time reasons, but they like what they saw. It seems yeah. like so over under. What do you think? 88, you have 88 and a half, I have 91 and a half. Why don't we split the difference and say, why don't we say 90? Do you say over or under 90? I, that's, I think 90 is a really good number. I think it's a really good number, exactly. Because yeah. 98 last year, I don't, I don't think they can do that. No. But nine, yeah, 90 isn't that right. If you said 89 and a half, I would say over. But Or like 91 and a half, I'd say I, under. If, if we're going by 88 and a half, I would say over. Yeah. But if we went with your 91, I would say under. Okay. So, so, we're I, so pretty I, would, much yeah, I probably put them at 89 or 91. Right at Pakoda. Oh, right at Dakota. Absolutely. Another team uh, that finished in second place actually fought with the Angels for AL West supremacy last year until they faded really hard. So sad. The Oakland Athletics finished at 88 and 74. That doesn't tell the whole story because they were 72 and 44 at the beginning of August. On August 9th, they went 16 and 30 the rest of the way. And they still barely made the after, the, yeah. That was after picking up Lester. That was after picking up Samarja and Hamill. Uh, didn't they? What, didn't they had one? They had one other trade in there, didn't they? Oh, oh, they got rid of uh, Cespedes. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, you would think if you acquired two aces, you wouldn't go sixteen and thirty for the yeah. And they were not good. Run. They were only eleven and ten. Both of those guys yeah. for them down the stretch, and uh, they lost a heartbreaker, one of the best playoff games ever, unless you're an A's fan. Uh, it really is so much fun to watch, but I think that, and I, to cross sports here a little bit, the the Sharks blew a three nothing lead to the Kings last season, a heartbreaking collapse, and I think they completely overcorrected mm. in the off season, and I think that maybe the moves that their GM Billy Bean made kind of tried to overcorrect a little bit in response to a completely fluky random game. If their catcher, if Derek Norris throws out one base runner. They probably win that game. Yeah, it, that that was a great game. Eight steals they had. The, the the Royals had in that game. Eight. 
and he couldn't throw anybody out. They finished, of course, 8-8 eight, eight, and 74. Uh, their manager's Bob Melvin. Breaking, breaking Mariners' hearts everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Final game Although, of the season. But you wouldn't even think that they, I mean, the Mariners, you had to be happy again. You know, I was. It's, I was. It's, it's a happy the fact, time. The fact that we actually had an entire 162-game season matter all the way up to game 162 uh, was a breath of fresh air. It certainly was. Uh, but, once again, uh, as classic Marinerdom, uh, giving you a present and then and just, just taking it away. You, you get all the wrapping off and then just as you're about to open the box and they, they just take it away. Yeah. Pakota has them very similar. They, they has them losing a couple of wins. It has them at 84 and 78. What I do you think have? that's about where uh, Fangraphs had them, too. Okay, and what do you have for the over-under? The one that I looked at, I said 82 and a half. What do you see? Uh, I got 81 and a half. Okay, so we'll, that, that, that's about what we'll go for. So this offseason, it was kind of, I, I, I say it was a when I was looking at it, looking at their moves, kind of a tale of two off seasons yeah i hated the first part of it and i think they really rebounded in the second half it's amazing how just one acquisition can make you go oh yeah that's the plan all along and that and, oh that killed me that day when i like loaded up mlb trade rumors and saw oakland acquires ben zobras i was like yeah. no <laughs> we were doing so well no. they were gonna finish in last place this no. year yeah so i mean that Getting Zobrist was part of the good part. Mm-hmm. They were able- and I I would love I would love to be you know fly on the wall or get get the ear of someone in there and find out was that the Billy Bean plan the whole time like was he working that in the background while he's doing all these other trades fe- feeling that eventually he would get Zobrist or did he set up that first half and then just kind of stop and be like you know obviously I'm sure he had some other things he was trying to get set up yeah. But like, what have I done? Yeah, <laughs> what did I do? Oh, yeah, and then, and then you know, so I, I'm very curious whether that was a long, long gestating. Uh, was uh, he, yeah, was he playing the long game? Yeah, you know. But I think we need uh, to have Aaron Sorkin write another script about it. Oh, I think it. so, and I, I think, think so. just about this particular off season because it is fascinating. I, I want to see Aaron Sorkin do the Ruben Amaro story. Actually, I want to yeah. do, <laughs> do a double. Yeah, uh, uh, anti moneyball Yeah, he could yeah. update Billy Bean, but you I want really... what for Cole Hamels? <laughs> You want literally my entire prospect system? No, that's not happening. Ridiculous. But, well, let's kind of go through it. Sure. I, 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 I tried to at least put it in as best chronological as I can, starting out with these bad moves. Um, Derek Norris was moved to San Diego. They traded Brandon Moss. They broke the bank for Billy Butler randomly. Who would play Billy Butler in the anti-moneyball movie? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, uh, Will Sasso. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to reach out to you to play Billy Butler. $30 million for your DH. He wasn't and, even that good last this, year. The sad thing is I'm sure it was a race to, to, to dump the wheelbarrows in front of Billy Butler between Billy Bean and Jack Zarenzik. Yeah. And every Mariners fan was so happy that Billy Bean is in better shape and Jack Zarenzik just dumping those, those wheelbarrows. Yeah, he couldn't quite get the third one out there, yeah. I guess. Um, but then they also traded uh, the big, probably their biggest move, the most shocking one, was trading MVP candidate and budding superstar Josh Donaldson yeah. to the Blue Jays with with what two or three more years? I think he's a Let's, super he's yeah. a super two player, so yeah. he has three years of control remaining. And like, that yeah, and they like, traded him for the aforementioned Brett Lowry. Uh, they're going to get uh, Marcus Semyon as well to play shortstop. The interesting thing about all of these moves, they got Ike Davis to play first base. Again, another move I don't really understand. The only 
two guys are left from that playoff game last year for their starting lineup. It's Coco Crisp and Josh Reddick. Now, Sam Fold is on the team. He's slated to be the, the left yeah. fielder, but he wasn't the starter in left field last yeah. year. So very strange that this particularly one game. I, I want to know what would have happened if they would have won the game. Had they won the game, oh, they wouldn't made... have Coco Crisp anymore. No, they wouldn't. No. <laughs> he wouldn't show the door. <laughs> Get out. You did your job, Coco. Yeah, you're out of here. But so to balance out those moves, they went ahead and got Ben Zobrist from the Tampa Bay Rays, who were apparently just trying to burn off these good players. I don't. A- a- Andrew Friedman leaves, all, yeah. and they're still trying to do the Rays way. But they were just kicking the rim. They're just kicking people out the door after yeah, that. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Matt Joyce is gone. These guys. I mean, Ben Zobrist is gone. These these are these are players who can help you. Yeah. So they uh, and then they. I actually... mean, I, I can understand though because Zobrist had just one year left, and so if you, I I think. I think maybe the Rays saw the writing on the wall and are, are I mean, I think Andrew Friedman did a good job of retooling with them and, mm-hmm. and you know, not needing to do too much of a strip down once they built up that big, uh, the big prospect base. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, I think those small market teams kind of need to do that. I think it's uh, similar to what they did with Josh Donaldson and what Billy Bean did is that this player might be great but when you're you see how much money it's going to cost or that you don't have the years left you have to turn it into some kind of assets yeah you know you have you to restock yeah, you can't let it get to the the year before he's set to hit free agency and then you get nothing for yeah. him or he's at lowest value but and that's billy bean has that raise mentality of trying yeah. to flip players at the highest peak of their value yeah which he did with donaldson he got uh big power hitting third baseman and Brett Lowry in if return, he's healthy. if he can stay healthy, which is kind of a big thing. Actually, another deal that I really liked for them was getting Tyler Clippard. He'd been yeah. great. He'd been probably the best reliever for the Nationals the last few years, and they uh, gave him Unel, they gave him Unel Escobar. So who they got in the, in uh, the Ben Zobers <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah. So they I mean they gave up a lot. I mean they gave up their uh top shortstop prospect Addison Russell in the Samarja deal yeah and Samarja they actually one, traded it's got a sting yeah they well they actually traded um to get Marcus Semien actually I I I, I misspoke well, White Sox, they traded, right? yeah the, the White yeah. Sox he was he was one of the pieces they and, got in the and Samarja Jesse Hahn yeah so uh, from a pitching standpoint uh they have this kid Sonny Gray who's great who is great 14 and 10 last year a little over three war He's kind of the ace now. Yeah. Uh, Lester and Samarja are not there. Um, the one thing I'm a little bit iffy on is the Scott Casimir effect. Yeah. They got lightning in a bottle, I think, last year with him. And... Yeah. How many years was, was Casimir out? Because he was, wasn't he playing for, like, the Skeeters or some, <laughs> something? Something He was like playing that. for one of the yeah. independent league uh, teams. Uh and he, he was and, at least out a year, if not two years. And you, you, and then what? He was back with was it Cleveland who had him? Cleveland. He was with the Mets for a while. Yeah. He just he. But, but, he, who, he but, but yeah. he's, Cleveland, the, the, I think, was the, the resurgence was yeah. Cleveland, and then he went to Oakland after yeah. kind of proving Cleveland that maybe he still had some gas in the tank. Yeah, which I thought it was a little strange, given all these other moves that he didn't try to trade Casimir and yeah. maybe think, yeah. okay, well, maybe this is kind of the best that we're going to get. Let's see what he get for him. Yeah, a left-handed starter to be in your number two or three slot. I think they probably would have had a lot of teams, but they're holding on to him. Jesse Hahn is supposed to be the number three starter. They have Drew Pomeranz. They signed uh, Jesse Chavez as well. He's there from last year. Um, but one thing I think the 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 kind of underrated thing is that they have two of their starters coming back from Tommy John. Yep. 
uh, targeted for June, uh, Jared Parker and AJ Griffin, who kind yeah. of paced that team in 2013. Yes. And they threw 200 and 197 innings and they lost them both. Yeah. Huge yeah. gap to fill. It's amazing that they finished where they did with those guys gone. Really. Oh, I know they, they've, uh, and, and that really just is a testament to, uh, to Billy Bean's abilities to cultivate depth. And so he's, you know, that's just really been his way of keeping the A's in the game. Yeah. Even if Casimir doesn't get to the level that he did last year, or if they struggle in the bottom half of the rotation, they're not really going to have to worry because they have these two guys coming back and they can replace anyone who's, 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 who's not efficient. It's always tough to, to rely. So here's the hope. The hope is that, you is that they can come in, you know, sweep in and be great, but you don't have to rely on them to do that. Um, depth is only depth until you know when when you don't need it. Yeah, and so it's uh, never bad to have piss starting pitching depth. No, you, never. You yeah. have seven guys for five spots. That's that's, a, that's perfect. An okay, problem to yeah. have. Yeah, you know, you'll see fan bases be like, oh, we you know we have the sixth starter that we don't need. We should be trading him for another asset. You're like, no, no, mm-hmm. you'd be holding on to him because it's almost a guarantee when your starter yeah. is going to go down. So on offense, I think this is kind of the confusing part for the team i mean we mentioned that they yeah. only have these two starters left from the playoff game last year they lost six of their top seven um position players that's amazing the only person they have left of their top seven is josh reddick yeah and what was do you have his war there what was he last josh reddick put up 2.3 yeah he strikes out a lot. He had, I think, a lot of promise coming over from the Red Sox. He was a huge prospect yeah. in the Red Sox system. And I don't know if he's quite put it all together. He's a solid bait. He's a solid player. And, he, and he's put good years. I mean, I think last year, was, I think it was a bit of a down year for him. Yeah. Because that was that, I think the year after he came over from the Red Sox, he was incredible. But, I mean, they're banking on guys like Ike Davis. Yeah. Hoping he can put it together for the first time. I mean, he's played 150 games only once in his career. He has a nice on-base percentage. Hello, Moneyball. Yeah. He takes a lot of walks, but he also doesn't hit for a high average. He tends to strike out a lot, too. Um, but, yeah, all these guys, they all need to stay healthy. I think if they all stay healthy, if you get the seasons you can from Lowry, from Reddick, from Chris, if they can all stay healthy, I think yeah. they can have a pretty decent season and come close to reaching the Pakoda or even last year's finish. I, I think uh, one of the kind of uh, things that might keep them down, while you know as we've been talking about, they've been uh, lauded for their depth. Uh, one of the nice things that they were also able to do, so they lost. We, we talked about all those great guys that they lost, but uh, the other great thing, one of the reasons why all those guys did so well was because uh, 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 Bob Melvin is great at setting up platoons, and platoons were a big part of. Um, of a just the, the whole a yeah. success. So you had you had great you know you had Derek Norris and John Jaso both uh, uh, good offensive catchers. You were able to rotate them around. You were able to put guys you know you had Brandon Moss also out there, and you were, you had all these guys rotating through DH and you know taking you know spelling each other. And uh, I think by uh, you know they, they really got the, the best out of those guys by having them, but not also exposing them too much and and really keeping them. Um, Properly, yeah. properly pl- platooned, and so by losing all those guys, I think you know, yeah, sure, you have guys stepping up, but you know, because these were all were platooned, yeah, now they're kind you, of you on, have now, to have not only one guy step up, you have to have 
maybe platoon stepping right. up, uh, you know, whole new platoons and things like that. But you have even lost the platoon at DH now. You, you got Billy have, Butler. You don't even have that flexibility because you're yeah. paying a guy thirty million dollars over three years to just be your DH. Yeah, and I think and I think the hope, one of the big hopes for Ben Zobris is that he can be the platoon for a whole bunch of guys. Yeah. But if you have uh, Larry go down. Or even, um, so God forbid Zobris goes down. Oh, oh God, I, I don't even Forget know. It. Zobris, <laughs> Zobris is their Mike Trout. He's Zobris such yeah. He's such a he's such a jackknife that yeah. You know, he can he can really play. So. Yeah, that it was. I I can't remember who it was. Probably like Dave Cameron or something was saying that uh, when when Zobris was available, it's like oh everyone is going to want oh, Zobris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's, he's just good. so easy to slot into so many positions I, and so valuable. I wrote here that he's a war hero. He is. He he's put up. <laughs> Uh, last four years, I believe, are 6.3, 5.9, 5.4, 5.7. And, I mean, the baseline for it, we talk about, but 8-plus is superstar status. Super, yeah, amazing. So, I mean, everything from 4 to, to 8, maybe you can like see. Like, a 2 a two or 3 is, like, a good regular. Yeah. So, like, Eric Ibar, I think, normally is in that 2 or 3 range. He had a great year. It was mm-hmm. 4 last year. But, like... Someone who's, who's a solid, good contributor. Yeah, he's going to settle in to about two or three, and then yeah. zero basically, and to two is basically the replacement aspect. Is yeah. well, what if you put a replacement player? What if you just grabbed a guy from off AAA? the street or somewhere? Yeah. yeah, some guy. So who, who's like some a guy off the street that, that yeah. is a baseball player? Literally, yeah, like yeah. one of us. You could just throw one of us at second base <laughs> and just see how, how how that goes. But I just don't like it. There's just a weird thing about this team is that I just I don't like it when teams that were so close or teams that seem to have it together mm-hmm. completely retool everything yeah. when they don't have to or they didn't really need to, I don't think. I mean, they lost the six of their seven top players, yeah. you know, obviously to trades and some to free agency. I don't think they yeah. even thought they were going to get John Lester, which is why they, yeah. they went yeah. all in on it. But I just there's a weird thing about it. I don't know if you can really try to catch that lightning in a bottle again but they're they're in a weird spot where they're kind of contending but they're kind of playing for the future and yeah. we'll have to see how it blends this season yeah so yeah um so yeah i think that they probably finish right at what they are scheduled for i i think for 82 and a half i'd probably say over but not by much i yeah i think i would take the over but um i like their their fan graphs 84 and 78 and you said i think with pakoda too yeah um, and that's about where I think they'll finish. And yeah. that, that and that puts them in contention for the wild card. That was part one of the ALS Preview Podcast. Part two coming at you soon. 